0: Hey there Doc Supercoach fans, just a little preface before the podcast, we did do a sick intro this week, unfortunately Supercoach Specialists also came up with the exact same idea to do the Rock Lobster uh, remake about Tom Rockliffe, so this intro that we've done we've had planned and uh, recorded for the entire week for this podcast, so don't think we're ripping anything off, but here's our version, don't forget to go and check out the Supercoach uh, Specialist version as well.
1: in and then we captain it was rock lift yeah rock lift yeah rock lift yeah, rock lift, yeah. So it must be Zork But it wasn't Zork It was Rock List
0: to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on with Chizo and Pistol Pete again. How you going there, Pistol?
2: I'm doing well. Looking forward to this podcast.
0: Yeah, mate. It's a, a bumper a week. We're getting uh, pretty close to the buy, so it's uh, some uh, nervous time coming up, mate. How was your week in uh, your Supercoach team?
2: It did okay. Managed to maintain, even though copying the goalie donut. How did you go?
0: Well, it's... Uh, I'm glad you asked there, mate. I'm... Um, you know, copping the Goldie Donut, I thought I'd be in a little bit of strife, but luckily enough, I still finished in the top uh, 1,500 for the week. I was pretty happy with that.
2: That's a good effort. First time for you ever, I
0: think, right? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just so excited. I'm in the top 200,000 now.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah, you've, you're making it in this world. <laughs> um, talking about the
0: uh, the Cancer Council Fund, we'll get straight into that. Uh, we didn't push it too hard this week, so we didn't get um, too many people jumping on and donating. But make sure you're checking that out, our Cancer Council Victoria Research Fund um, that we've uh, got set up. We're just over $1,000 on, on our way. Our goal to 5000 there, Pete. So we're hoping to get a little bit more by the end of the season, hey?
2: Yeah, that'd be nice. Keep donating if you're enjoying it, and uh, if you're not enjoying it, then also donate so we can improve.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's one of those, if you don't like turbulence, there's only 15 minutes to go. If you like turbulence, you've got a whole quarter of an hour.
2: That's, uh, yeah, something like that, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we, uh, we're going to jump straight into the, some, uh, no, we're going to go past our Dr. Supercoach Expert 2 League. Last week, we were starting to slide, Pete. We're down into 16th on the top leagues now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to call that as my own uh, fault because I told people to hold Goldstein. So they probably, every one of them, I imagine, uh, cop that donut. Um, so I'll cop that and I imagine we'll come home very strongly when everyone else has uh, doesn't have Goldie and all these guys do.
0: It's always the extra trade that helps us come home strong, mate. That one trade that you keep is going to help you in finals.
2: Yeah, I think they got it in the bag.
0: Yeah, oh, they're going <laughs> to come home strong anyway. Hopefully they can take some advice from some, from some uh some good sober coach, super supercoach um, players other than us because I'm definitely not going that well this year.
2: That's all right. It's a it's a long year.
0: <laughs> Marathon, not a sprint. All right, let's jump into the, the teams, mate. You've got Essendon and Hawthorne on the Friday night. God knows how Essendon got a Friday night game. Um, I see this being pretty much a bloodbath.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to watching it, but fantasy-wise, uh, the only real news is Tip Woody was rested. Yep. And so was Sam Mitchell.
0: Yeah, he's uh, had some back tightness or something like that, it's reported as.
2: Yeah, I think they're also going to use it as an opportunity if they're playing a weak opponent, so they're just going to rest some players. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a late change or two, even though Clarko said he wouldn't do it. But, you know, it all comes down to the players' health at the end of the day and they probably want to preserve their star players.
0: He's really just kind of covering his backside by saying that though, isn't he?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he makes some people happy when he says it, but he's probably going to do it anyway, and, and and frustrate the coaches when like Gunston or someone's laid out.
0: Yeah, it's like um, when Ross Lyon says that they're not tanking, and they've got half their first team sitting on the sidelines.
2: And Michael Barlow will definitely play. will play on ball all season long, right?
0: Now, get this. We'll cover it a little bit more later. Was he a tagger last week? I didn't he, know what <laughs> I. I didn't know what the hell I was watching.
2: He was a tagger, and he was quite a good one at that.
0: Oh, who was he tagging?
2: He was tagging um, Zaharakis.
0: I'm absolutely dumbfounded. That's that destroyed is, him. That's better than a Ben Jacobs.
2: That was the best tagging job all year.
0: Do you think he's now got a permanent position in that side? Yeah. Can, can, can we stop worrying about bloody Michael <laughs> Barlow?
2: You can never stop worrying. You never know what's going to happen. He's probably going to try and tag, like, Rockliffe this week and get 200 points scored on him again.
0: Well, he can't tag, like, Stephen Hill or anything like that. Um, Stephen Hill. Um, Zorko <laughs> well, or anything. Zorko, because he's too quick.
2: Well, you are right. He can't tag Stephen Hill, but he probably can't tag Zorko either. Well, it's Ross
0: Lyon. He's probably going to send him to Stephen Hill, let's be honest.
2: It's true. <laughs> Stephen Hill, you can't play well this game we're going to send someone to you and um, we're not tanking <laughs> we're not tanking guys
0: yeah exactly Just they, tag it's players. like we beat essendon we're not tanking sure we'll be, yeah we'll believe that
2: yeah we'll see how they so go this week we beat it, it's a, another
0: 17 we an team we're not tanking
2: pretty much that's how it goes let's move on you've got the next game yeah we've
0: got uh the power and western bulldogs lots of changes to cover here port no changes Western Bulldogs. Toby McLean goes out with a foot. It didn't look like a foot to me. Maybe only six or seven inches. And uh, and Mitch uh, Honeychurch comes in. who's a bit of a, a versatile uh, half forward running through the midfield.
2: Yeah, he's been emergency for like heaps of weeks this season. So good to see him get a run this year. And yeah. hopefully he does well. The doggies really. have a lot.
0: Yeah, the doggies can have a lot that can run through that kind of position. So it's a, a like for like replacement.
2: Yeah, not really a super-relevant in.
0: Yeah, okay, next game.
2: Uh, Brisbane Fremantle, probably game of the round, I'd say. Uh, There's not much going on here except for Jackson Payne is out for those that brought him in last week. That was quite unfortunate. Um, Don't think we really...
0: He was never really an option, though, was he?
2: No, didn't really advise getting him, but if you did, sorry. Hopefully he comes back. I'm not sure he will, but that's, uh, that's pretty much that. Nothing else relevant.
0: The only thing I can see is we've still got Reese Matheson named on the emergencies list. So um, obviously he's been replaced by Jared Jansen by Luxford, who's getting his second game. So um, I think Matheson really needs to start staking his claim in the seconds again. Um has obviously had him fall out of, of favour or something like that, Pete.
2: Probably trying to protect his head because he keeps ducking and drawing <laughs> all those frees.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, more good news is we've got Sam Collins. Named at half back, he's probably a at uh, a fantasy relevant kind of thing. He needs to be an in on everyone's team this week.
2: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he came up with a big ton last week, so that was really really good for those that uh, happen to bring him in early as well. Probably they'll happy to see that. Um, probably the last thing there is uh, John Griffin goes out for Zach Clark, which means Steph Martin could hopefully get a good score.
0: Don't tell me that. I've just finally figured out a way to get him to R3. <laughs> and 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 especially just in case goldie's out this week and you're going to tell me he's, he's worth keeping on the field
2: um I'm tipping at least a hundred from him this week big call
0: you heard it here folks if he gets a, if he doesn't get a hundred you need to write in on every social media platform he can to let pistol pete know that he needs to go in front of his own firing squad.
2: Well, That that seems a bit harsh It it is a big call (laughs) I'm sweating now
0: Oh, a little bit nervous Alright, we'll jump into the next game We've got the Eagles and the Crows This is going to be an absolute cracker as well Um, Thomas Cole, who's just got his second game With the Eagles now on the bubble It goes out for McGovern Um, On the Adelaide side of things We've got Henderson and Malira. You really probably don't have those two Maybe Malira is like an F8 kind of position Um, Out for McKay and Thompson Uh, That's going to be an absolute Absolute crack there, man. we still got Brad Crouch on the emergency, so he's done something wrong. Maybe they're still really annoyed at him for getting on that boozy night at the uh, the V8s.
2: Yeah, and two years pretty much out of football, it's going to take him a bit more time. He wasn't really adjusting too well early in the season.
0: Yeah, no. There's not too much more super relevant with that one. I guess we can uh, jump across to the next game there, champion.
2: Awesome. This one's also going to be a pretty good game. Geelong Cats versus North Melbourne. Not too many changes, except the big one is Todd Goldstein in for Majak Dor. So, straight into the ruck for him, and they really would like to win and need to win. So, I think he will hopefully have a great game as well.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to absolutely monster Zach Smith. Like Zach Smith obviously improved this year, but Goldstein is still vying for that number one ruck mantle in the competition and I, I don't see him going under 100 this week.
2: Yeah, it, the only way he'd get under 100 is fi- if he's at about 80% fitness and they just wanted to play him so that they could get the win. Yeah. Um, if he's anywhere near, you know, above 90% full fitness, is going to score a ton.
0: Even though um, it's going to be a close game, I still see North getting up, only probably on my behalf because Hawkins is out.
2: That's so, fair.
0: They've, they've lost that focal point in my eyes. Um, and Shane Kirsten is all right, good in his own right, but I don't think he's going to be a, a, a like-for-like replacement.
2: No, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, North Melbourne will also get up, but mostly because my Jackdaw got dropped.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, that's pretty well covered. Everyone, keep your eyes on Goldman because it could be another late withdrawal. Um, and we'll jump into this, the next game. St Kilda and Carlton, their champion.
2: Yeah, That's you go for it. Oh no.
0: <laughs> oh guess who's in? Named it fullback.
2: Is it Luke Delaney? No, it's
0: bloody oh. Tom Bruce Lee. Hold on. Let's get let's get old mate on the podcast.
2: <laughs> don't disturb him at work.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna see if I can get him in. Let's add Houston. Jeez, I really hope we don't get him fired.
2: Probably going to reject the call anyway.
0: Yeah, no, he's probably checked the teams already. Um, Other team, other changes, we've got a a whole raft of changes. Paddy McCartan's out. Nick Rewald out with a knee. Sean Dentster out with a knee, probably out for a month. And the big one, probably why Tom Lee is in to begin with, is Hugh Goddard is out with an Achilles. I, fr- from memory, it's it almost looked like a uh, quite a big rupture there, Pete. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for a, a significant um, amount of time.
2: Yeah, they already ruled Goddard out for the season like almost immediately after the injury occurred. So uh, it looked really bad, and hopefully he recovers well and can come out sometime soon. But, yeah, it looks a bit unlikely.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. The old uh, Jack Silvani um, named on an extended bench for Carton. He kicked four... Four sausage rolls in the uh, the VFL last week. I'm not sure he probably sneaks in for a game, but it is is exciting for probably Houston uh, being a Carlton fan that um, the old uh, Silvani name is coming back into um, supercoach relevancy as a rookie.
2: Yeah, that's great news. I think there was an article in the Herald Sun that said that they probably weren't going to play him and just um, let him get his confidence in the VFL before. They didn't want to ruin him in the AFL. Um, St. Kilda wouldn't be the worst team to play him against, considering he'd be playing on uh, Mr. Bruce Lee or Luke Delaney, probably, or one of the other defenders. So it wouldn't be the worst game for uh, his first game. Yeah. So maybe maybe he's a chance.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting. It's quite a long, extended bench. Um, I'm probably not expecting him to get too much of a run um, in in this no. game. I, th- I think he's probably just being exposed as a yeah, a travelling. Well, not so much traveling, but as a uh, an extended extended uh, bench kind of player as an emergency.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if uh, Houston's going to pick up the phone, but more uh, to do with uh, Tom Lee. He seems to have relatively good job security with Dempster out with that knee, and Fisher was ruled out for four weeks last week. Uh, with Goddard out as well, their key back stocks are running really thin, so um, he should at least play through the buy, which is probably all you want, and even you know, for a couple games uh, after that, unless he gets bags kicked on him, in which case then they've just got some serious problems, the Saints.
0: Yeah. I. I Hello. Oh,
2: it's Houston.
0: (laughs) What's going on? Oh, we just thought we'd uh, ring up and tell you that we've got some big news. Uh, Tom Lee has been named on field at fullback. You there, Houston?
3: I'm (laughs) never going to be here again.
0: What what was that, (laughs) mate?
3: Bruce Lee, uh, why would you call me and tell me this?
2: This
3: is aware? just legit ruin my night.
0: <laughs> I, I, I thought we'd uh, get you in for some Houston, we've got a problem, and that's that you've, you've traded out Tom Lee and now he's back in the team.
3: There's no problem here. I respect my decision, my own decision. <laughs>
0: who, who, who did you trade in for Tom Lee? Just let, oh, the, let the community you know, know.
3: Just, you know... Um. Well, you know, about that sort of stuff. and Yeah, pretty it, good, eh?
0: Hey? It, it wasn't, uh, say, a brand from Hawthorne, was it?
3: No, nah, no. Nah, almost as bad. It was Bailey Williams.
0: At least he's in the team this week, mate.
3: Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Look, what, what we've we got you
0: here, we might uh, see if we can tee you up for some Houston. We've got a problem later in the podcast. Yeah, sounds good. All right. spur of the moment. Good. Sounds good. We'll, we'll lock it in.
3: Lock it in, Eddie.
0: Good man. I'll talk to you soon, champion. Oh, Jack Jack Silvani, name for Carlton. What do you think?
3: Oh, mate, you know the MVP? Yeah.
0: It's him. He's the MVP. Oh, okay,
3: right. Hashtag MVP. He's he's back. He hasn't even played before, but he's back.
0: All right, mate. You're taking up too much time on the podcast. We'll talk to you later. All
2: right. See you. love you, Spike.
0: (laughs) Jeez, I thought he was going to keep going on.
2: Oh, well, you shouldn't have brought up Jack Sylvani. You wouldn't talk for the next three years.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's jump into the next game. You've got Richmond and the Suns, and this one could go anyway because they're both terrible.
2: <laughs> to put it politely, yes, you are correct. Um, the only real big news of the day would be Aaron Hall is omitted, which is quite a big shock. I think for everyone, well, maybe not so much a shock as being very poor, but shock to the supercoaches who are have him in the team and now they're struggling with the decisions big decisions of what to do with him next which is I don't know the answer to that question
0: I'll just give you some feedback mate so I didn't start with Aaron Hall I foresaw something like this happening <laughs> and
2: the prophecy foretold it
0: and so what happened I got to like round four and was like shit I've made a mistake I've really got to get this guy in so what did I do Moved heaven and earth to get him in, and what's the average since then? Sixty odd. It's ah, uh, that's it, it is, that is uh, it is my one trade that I regret so far this year.
2: That is, ah, uh, yeah, that's a killer.
0: That is absolutely just dagger to the heart. I, I just, I don't know what to say to be honest.
2: Yeah, it's probably um, I'd call it appalling. That was. I was reaching there. I apologise.
0: No, it is appalling. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> appalling, appalling, yeah. appalling. It's a pun.
0: Uh, it's to... oh, oh, that's two weeks in a row. You've got me with one of those. Ah, oh, I, I need. I
2: need. a uh, I need some new people. I think some. Some people that appreciate the puns. Although that one wasn't <laughs> great. But um, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you,
0: maybe just telegraph it a little bit better, mate. I'm I'm, I'm talking some real footy footy stuff here.
2: Alright, sorry, I'll try working in more seamlessly Alright,
0: jump into the Battle of the Bridge, mate
2: Alright, this is a great game I'm really looking forward to watching this one uh, GWS Sydney The George Hewitt is dropped Well, dropped because he got concussed He looked yeah, No, very... he did
0: get dropped on his head That's why he's not playing
2: <laughs> He looked worse for wear uh, After that incident And I'm quite happy that he's out Not for, it's sad for him But good for me because An excuse he to won't get rid of <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to hold him. It's just he's not going to drop any money. So that's what I care about. So So
0: this is the old Lincoln McCarthy trick.
2: Pretty much, yeah. yeah not gonna, hold him gonna while drop, he's not dropping so money. Hold him. Then Ryan Griffin is in for the Giants, which poses an interesting uh, dilemma here because Sam Reed for the Giants was put on the for- forward pocket and they said he'll play in an article, which means when I'm looking at the extended bench here, I think Mr. Jacob Hopper could be in trouble. Him or Tomlinson will probably get dropped, I'm calling.
0: Yeah, of, of the normal players that have got on that interchange, we'll just run through them. Hopper, Steele, Nathan Wilson, Adam Tomlinson, Kelly, Griffin, and Downey. So you're looking at Steele, Wilson, Kelly, and Griffin probably playing. So that leaves... Um, like oh, I Tom... reckon
2: Steele will get dropped, Steele. You reckon? Yeah, I think Kelly Griffin, Kelly and Griffin will play, and Nathan yeah. Wilson's probably, they need that he, defender. Yeah, he's definitely going
0: to be a, a running defender. So so. One you know, of
2: Hopper and Tomlinson.
0: Hopper, Tomlinson, Steele. Yeah, look, it's going to be touch and go. I don't think they can drop Hopper now that they've initiated him into it, and what better way to battle him um, against the best in midfielders in the league than to expose him to the Sydney Swans?
2: That is a very good point. It's uh, Yeah, I really hope he plays to get that extra cash out of him because he's – been a bit of a slow burn at the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially with that elevated price. I think everyone saw that first game against, uh, I think it was Gold Coast and everyone just jumped on. And I, I'm surprised that he hasn't picked up as, as much as he probably has.
2: Yeah, his uh, dream team, the Supercoach ratio, hasn't been the greatest, which is a bit sad because he gets a lot of the ball, but yeah, he's not scoring too well.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll jump into the next game. We've got uh, the uh, Queen's birthday clash on the Monday at 3.30. Melbourne versus Collingwood. And I think... Even though uh, your boys have had some good games recently, I'm probably going to tip Melbourne, mate.
2: Um, unfortunately, I think Melbourne will get up. We are not in a good place at the moment.
0: You've lost Adam Oxley and Travis Cloak this week. In comes Tom Phillips, who uh, he was picked up at uh, pick 56, uh, sorry, 58 in last year's draft. Um, he was overlooked in the 2014 National Draft, but as a, a top ager in the TAC Cup last year, um, he just couldn't get overlooked again. His ball-winning ability is elite. He averaged double figures in contested and uncontested possessions, and he was able to impact the, the scoreboard, kicking one goal a game, also rating elite for scores assists. And uh, this guy is, a, is someone that I highlighted very, very early on in the year. And when we are picking our draft, year, uh, draft teams, I had him sitting at, at M11 as a, a mid-forward swing because I was just assured he was going to get games. So... You know, he's coming off 33 touches in the VFL. He's one to re- keep a really close eye on.
2: Yeah, you pretty much said it all. I'm a big fan. I picked him up in my keeper league with a really late pick. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play.
0: He's going to be good. Uh, ben Kennedy comes back into Melbourne for those that have
2: him. And so does Jack Viney, surprisingly.
0: He, he's got a fractured hand. He's going to he, well, The thing is, Jack Viney can play against Collingwood with one hand behind his back.
2: Uh. Yeah, and Jack that's I'm his good hand. Can do a lot of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's he's <an> ab- mean. <laughs> he's, an ab- he's an absolute bull. He's just going to tear you guys apart.
2: It's sad, but it's true. Unfortunately, right. uh, I think we've got Marley Williams comes back. That's a bit of a toughness into our squad. But, yeah, looking at it, we're in a bit of a sorry state at the moment. I imagine um, Wits will probably play. And, uh, yeah, it's really sad. Looking at our squad at the moment, a bit We've uh, a bit too many injuries for us at this point in time.
0: Yeah, you guys have used the most, um, the the most players on the roster so far, I believe.
2: Yeah, that's just surprising when you've got Essendon and Frio and all these other teams trying to lose, and here we are trying to make the finals and accidentally losing every week. That's what yeah. I'll call it.
0: All right, mate. We're going to jump into some captain options. I know we're not prepared for this. So I'm I've just sprung it on you. I Yuck. just want you to, uh, if you've got the, the games list in front of you, who's um, like a VC and a C option that you can look at? Um, there's not really much jumping out in the first couple games in way of vice-captains.
2: Not unless you had Gunston if he plays. I think that would be a good option against Essendon. That's yeah. probably one.
0: I, I I I think that if you've got a Hawks player, they, they don't tend to go the big 150s unless you're like a Sam Mitchell owner at the start of the year. Um obviously he's not playing. I'm not sure if there's anyone that I'd be worth risking um, from Hawthorne as a a VC option.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: Uh, for Port and western Bulldogs, um, again, there's not too much jumping out in the front of the front of my mind of someone that I'd want to chuck a VC on. We've got mm-hmm. liver coming off one twenty, but I don't think it's it's really that of a uh, a, a team you will really want to point your head at. You could put a Robbie Gray, perhaps. He's not been in the best form lately.
2: Yeah, well, it's a tough game for Port anyway, so probably give that one a pass. I'm sure there'll be there's better options in the coming games here.
0: Um, for me, I think a perfect VC option on the Saturday afternoon could be a Tommy Rockliffe against Fremantle.
2: But what if he gets tags by Michael Barlow, held to twenty?
0: Nah, it, it's it's Tom Rockliffe He finds the pill, no no matter what happens.
2: So is Barlow a option then? Because if Rockliffe's getting the ball, then uh, assumedly Barlow is following it around, maybe getting a couple tackles.
0: So this is the thing: is if he's tagging Tom Rockliffe is he just going to be taking Michael Barlow to the ball for Barlow to get it?
2: That's what I'm hoping. That's the game plan.
0: This this could be the best thing that Ross Lyon's ever done: turn Michael <laughs> Barlow into a tagger.
2: Let's let's hope. Let's wait and see. Unless he goes to somebody like Rich and Rich gets stuck down the back pocket, then we're in trouble.
0: Yeah, okay. Another one that you could go for a VC on the Saturday night game, you've got the um, Geelong and North Melbourne game. You could go a Goldstein, a uh, Dangerfield, or even a Joel Selwood as a a VC option.
2: Yeah, all good options. It will be a tight game. Points on the line for those who step up.
0: Yeah. Um, In terms of VCs, that's probably all I can really recommend. Maybe a Pritis in the West Coast versus uh, Adelaide game. Um, but on a captain side of things, who are you liking this week? And don't you dare sh- say who I know you're going to say.
2: Stephen Martin, no. As a VC, I think we overlooked Zorko against Fremantle at home. Yeah, that's, that's probably a, a good fixture for him. Um, captain option, can you go past Pendlebury? I knew. You, I told you not to can say Can you anything. go past him?
0: Queen's birthday clash, the last game of the round. He is the perfect um, player to go into after a VC um, risk on a, a, a Zorko or a Rockliffe.
2: Even Gorn, I think, would be a pretty good option if you have him. Um, or side bottom Trelaw, those those players. They could all. One of them's going to go huge. Don't know yeah. which one, but I think they'll all score well. Even
0: on a, a captain side of things, you could go a Gaz against Richmond. Uh, you got GWS in Sydney, so you've got a, a a whole bunch of options there. You could you could jump on into a captain option. Um. I, for me, if I'm going to pick one, I'm probably going to go a Joel Selwood into a Pendles.
2: What if you went Dustin Martin against Gold Coast into a Pendles?
0: Oh, you're stretching my brain here, Pistol.
2: <laughs> he he loves those teams. He could kick a bag and get, you know, 40 touches as well. Um, yeah, I think Dusty could be out. He got the 74 last week, so this is his 130 week, isn't it?
0: He does go like well, like one for one. So he's he's pretty much going to guarantee himself a good score against Gold Coast. And at the MCG, he's going to run right.
2: Yeah, it's one to consider. That's for sure.
0: Okay, certainly. Yeah, uh, stretching my brain
2: out there, mate. <laughs> Sorry about that. I know it's yeah. uh, hard for it to stretch.
0: <laughs> um, so I just want to. Uh, we're only uh, a week or so away from the buys. I just want to run through. Um, exactly how it's going to run through this uh, this uh, year. They've obviously been pushed back a few rounds later to uh, 13 to 15 this year. God, remember the years that they were in like round eight and round seven, eight, nine, something like that. You basically had to plan your buys from your starting structure. But by this stage, a lot of teams are getting pretty close to full premium. So the, the planning for the buys is something you should have been doing right from the start when you're you're picking your your premiums up as you're upgrading.
2: Yeah. Definitely, and now, especially when you're upgrading, every time you bring in a player, you should check what buy they have.
0: Exactly right. So, for example, for me, um, I had the option to bring in Robbie Gray and to set their bottom price because uh, I was low on cash. They're both round 14 buy players. So if I was looking to get a premium, um, it'd definitely have to be some... I, I wouldn't be going, say, getting a Max Gorn in this, in this week um, to basically upgrading three round 14 premiums in, in quick succession, because my, my team was going to get out of whack really quick.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it's it's quite funny. Some people are struggling in the first week, and then some people are struggling in the last, and then others are struggling in the middle. No one seems to have planned it all too well. Um, I'm looking forward to the buyers, because usually it means you can get a good jump on the rest of the competition. You haven't thought about it, um, but certainly... Generally, you would leave off the you would hold off the upgrades this week, especially yeah. for those round thirteen buy players, and wait for their buy, and then uh, yeah, you upgrade into those round thirteen primos.
0: That's exactly right. So my philosophy is, it's not just the top the eight the first eight best eighteen players that you want playing each round. It's not not just to say, I've got eighteen players playing in each round you want to have the same sort of scoring potential, and that's what you're kind of aiming for. So at this stage, when we've got a significant number of premiums in our squad, you want your premiums to be spread over those buys as well. You don't want to have 18 players in round 14 and have them 16 of them rookies, if you know what I mean, Pete.
2: Yeah, definitely. Your score will be way lower.
0: Exactly. So um, in the round 13s, you don't want to load up with, say, Simpson, Doherty, Led Pendles, Gaz, Martin, Monty, all these guys missing in one week. You're taking such a massive chunk out of your scoring potential. And let, yes, you've got 18, 18 players on the field, but with all that scoring potential lost, you might as well have only had 15.
2: Pretty much. So,
0: so that that that's pretty much my philosophy with the whole thing. This The second part that I take into consideration with buys is, is you want to go into the buys with a limited number of around 13 rookies because you want to be able to upgrade them through the buys, let them, say, take, um, uh, who can we have, say, uh, a Hopper or a Collins or a Darcy Tucker. Yeah, exactly, something like that. At round 15, not only are they covering the first few rounds when you're losing premiums, but they're giving them extra weeks to increase price before they miss a game and you can give them the flip.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And make sure you don't get too many because you can only trade three out. You have three per uh, week, three trades per week during the base.
0: Exactly right. So if you've got a Darcy Tucker, um, a Jared Jansen, uh, Sam Collins, um, Caden Brand, like these kind of guys, and you're stacking them all or even a a hopper and things like that, you don't have enough trades to get them all out, but you do kind of want to have a few more towards the end of the buys rather than the start.
2: Yeah, sounds good, it's a good strategy. It just helps
0: you get through the buys just a little bit safer, helps you make that little bit more money and help you with those upgrades so that you can get a 600K uh, midfielder rather than a 450.
2: Yeah, and definitely don't upgrade to somebody who has yet to have their buy always getting somebody who has had their buy.
0: Exactly, because you're just trading in a donut, hey?
2: Yep, that's it.
0: And uh, that's uh, that pretty much leads us into our rate and review uh, subscriber member. We've got uh, a Alex Whelan, who we reviewed earlier on in the season. He's chimed in again, um, just wants us to uh, to update on his team. He's starting to get towards full premium and he just wants a, uh, a bit of a review again um, he says, here's my team. I don't have too many rookies left on field, which is what I'm happy about at this stage, Pete. That's probably what you're looking for. Um, I plan to upgrade the rest over the buys. I scored 2,400 on the weekend and jumped up 2,500 spots. I'm very pleased about it considering I didn't use a trade. I feel as if I'm in good position. I've got 17 trades left. However, I feel like using five or six over the buys. I'd probably, I'm more of an aggressive buy strategy trader, Pete. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, that's my strategy as well. Basically, throughout the buys, uh, especially in the final two weeks of the buy, I'd be pretty much using all six trades.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, This week, he's thinking about going a George Hewitt to a Sam Collins and then upgrading Ben Kennedy to Robbie Gray. What do you reckon?
2: Um, Looking at his team, and I'm not sure that's going to be great for his buy situation. I'm going to assume that he is going for overall and not league. Um, So, I'll just... His team here. He has... Heath Shaw, Doherty, Boyd, Brody Smith, Rory Laird, Tipham Woody, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Mitch Brown in the back line. Yep. In the yep. midfield, he is Dangerfield, Parker, Selwood, Gaz, Libber, Prittis, Josh Smith, Petrarca, Hewitt, Ryan Davis, and Ben Keys. In the rucks, he has Gorn, Goldstein, and Cox. Forwards, he is Zorko, Dusty, Hall, Carriage Wells, Barlow, with Ben Kennedy and Meneju on the bench. So... What jumps out at me is he only has one round 15 backman in Heath Shaw. So although he'll do really well in round 15, he's actually going to struggle in the back line in the the previous two weeks. So he definitely needs to trade. Um, He probably should at least save up some money so that he can trade Tipton Woody and Darcy Byrne-Jones and probably Mitch Brown even to round 13 primos. Otherwise, he's going to get a bit stuck. Um, that being said, if he wants to bring in Gray, he's already got a lot of around um, 14 players in his team, so he's just got to be a bit careful.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing that we're talking about with the buy situation. It's all well and good to have 18 players, but you've got if you've got 11 of those all in the midfield, it doesn't help you whatsoever.
2: Yeah, so maybe Gray won't be the best trade, and maybe he should um, get somebody else that has a different buy, maybe a round 13 buy player, like, <laughs> like a Rockcliffe.
0: And, and if we're looking at his forward line again, you've got Zorko, you've got Martin, you've got Aaron Hall, you've got Sam Carriage, you've got and you've got Menager, you've got four or five guys straight out of your forward line all in the one week
2: Yeah, like it's a pretty good team overall, but I'm going to be a bit worried for him during the buys here um, yeah, there's a lot of the positions, there's a lot of players with the same buy in the same position but overall it has a nice spread, but you know, it doesn't matter if you have extra players playing in your back line if you can't shift them into your forwards.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. You really need to make sure, that's what I'm saying, you, you're not only splitting um, your players up so you've got 18 each week, you need to be making sure that you've got a similar amount of premiums from each buy round and a, an even split across your field as well because there's no point having all round 13 defenders and all round 15 forwards because if you're missing a whole chunk out of the one section, you can't fit your, your bench players on if you've already got six players playing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think maybe he should... Well, I mean, he definitely should still get Sam Collins because that that works for the back line, getting in, um, getting in around 15 by player. But maybe he should trade out Mitch Brown instead of trading out George Hewitt.
0: That's something that I would think about too.
2: Yeah, and then he could get rid of Hewitt next week, maybe do a double downgrade next week, and then in the coming weeks after the first by round, then upgrade... Um, three players straight to primos.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because he's got the likes of Josh Smith, Petrarca, and George Hewitt all in the midfield. They're all rookies in the same buy round. You're not going to be able to get them, or potentially you're not going to be able to get them all out in the same round if you've still got Tip and Woody, Mitch Brown, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Ben Kennedy all at the same time, all round 14 rookies.
2: Well, sorry, Josh Smith's round 13, but yeah, yeah, sorry, but, yeah. But he still has Liberatore as well who... Might not be your keeper. It's probably borderline there. And then, yeah, Luke Parker and uh, Predis also all from the same buying round.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking at this team on paper, it sounds quite nice. Then you you hold the buy structure right up to it. And with a magnifying glass, you think, oh, geez, we might hit some speed bumps. There's a lot of turbulence coming.
2: But he has 17 trades, so he's done a good job. And if he uses uh, at least one this week, possibly two, and uses three next week, he will be able to turn it around, I'm sure. we will get yeah. it right into good shape
0: and and that's exactly why aggressive structure uh, aggressive trading through the buyers can help you out of a hole but if you've traded aggressively before the buyers you may not have that flexibility so if you've only got eight trades left and you get to the buyers and you, you know you can't you need to make nine changes you're in quite a bit of strife
2: yeah definitely i'd tell them also look at tom lee who's round 13 in the back line um, might maybe even get both sam collins and tom lee um, and then yeah see how they go because potentially right before the round 13 buy, if one of them's reached enough cash, they could then, then trade one of them out there and would be able to get through the whole buys without any backline donuts.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And just trying to spread it out just that little bit more evenly. Yep. All right, mate. I'm I've, I've gonna throw a bit of a, a curveball at you. I know I've been throwing at you all day. I just wanna run through the optimum team that you could have at this moment So the top scoring defenders, midfielders, Ruckman and forwards Up to this point on total points What do you reckon?
2: Alright, let's go through it
0: And I just want you to, to tell me what jumps out at you And what you think is going to change um, by the end of the year Who's going to drop out of this list So in the back line, Heath Shaw, Sam Doherty, Cade Simpson Probably no surprises there at number four, the fourth highest total in the back line is Bartell. You've got Boyd and Jasper Pittard. They're the top six in the back line.
2: That's a pretty solid list, though.
0: Yeah. It, a bit. Uh, Jimmy Bartell surprises me. I, I didn't think he was going quite as well as he has, but he seems to have made it up because he hasn't been missing a ton of games like he did previous seasons.
2: Yeah, and he's scoring well for like the last five weeks, so that's been a nice bonus for those that have him.
0: And Pittard's obviously still going under the radar as the sixth highest scoring defender.
2: Yeah, it's pretty much Mr. Consistent. Um, He's had, yeah, five scores between 80 and 90 and three scores um, above 100. So, yeah, he's he's coming along really nicely. He doesn't have a very low floor. He only has a 64 and then his next highest is in the 80. So he's also value at the moment in the 450K range. Um, I think the only one that could threaten from here on out well, it's probably a small handful. Probably put Led and Rance in the same bracket as these yeah. boys. Uh, maybe Gibbo.
0: Yeah, G- Gibbo's. For me, Gibbo's two up and down. He's two, 191 week and then forty the next week.
2: Yeah, I agree. It all depends on his role, which changes week by week.
0: Uh, yeah, and the thing is, he can win your games, but he can also lose your games. Whereas you get like a a dockety or someone like that, he's not going to score those forties.
2: Well, you hope not, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, true. Um, so one that I'll just mention, what about JJ coming back at the end of the year?
2: Yeah, he could surprise many if he comes out um, and just dominates like he did at the beginning of the year. He could definitely be a great late upgrade for those uh, that have the trades by then. I think he's about five weeks away from playing mm. um, or three from playing VFL and then get his fitness back up and straight back in the AFL team. So yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to wait and see how he goes.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, we'll jump into the midfield. Um, uh, only one real surprise here for me. You've got Danger, Hannahs, Pendles, Lockie Neal, Parker, Ward, Trelaw, and Joel Selwood. Neal, as the fourth highest scoring midfielder, really jumps off the page at me. He's totally under the radar for me.
2: Uh, he's been excellent, though. I think he has a last five-round average of 130 as well, so he's been good for a long time.
0: Yeah, like he, he's just one of those players who you know just knocks up a one thirty. That's just Lockie Neal. It's just Lockie Neal. He's just knocking up scores. Free aren't going very well, and then you look at the total points, and he's he's nipping on the heel of Pendles.
2: Yeah, he's had a fantastic season so far, and I think he will be a good pick for yeah the rest of the year as well.
0: Yeah. Um. So someone that might jump in there, obviously Gaz is missing. Um, do you see anyone else jumping out? off the page that could probably squeeze into that that top eight?
2: Um, jumping off the page, no. But if I had to pick some players that could potentially um, push those guys in the back half of the year, um, Trent Cochin is in very good form at the moment with a three-round average of 129. And his, after his injuries come back and knocked off big ton after big ton. So definitely someone to look at. And nice, unique as well with only in 2.1% of teams.
0: 2.1% of the team for someone that's averaging 130 in the last couple Either of rounds.
2: In a three round. Yeah. yeah, so that's not not too bad. I think uh, Tom Rockliffe, as we know, he's capable of massive scores, so it's a matter of whether he'll be fit or not. And uh, the Bont, surprisingly, has a nice 125-round average as well.
0: Yeah, so he's last four out of five rounds, he's hit the 30 disposal mark.
2: Yeah, he's been excellent lately, so it really matters if, uh, if he keeps this up, he's going to be right up there and if he you know has has to play forward a bit more and maybe gets a bit tired later in the season cuz he still is young um then it's a bit more of a punt i think
0: yeah and this dog's pedigree is quite good
2: <laughs> you can say that again <laughs> all right we'll jump into the rucks
0: goldie's missing it's gone a Nat
2: Yep, so the obvious choice here is uh to say goldstein
0: yeah i he's obviously only just nudged out He's had two or three down games during the season that he didn't have last year. I'm tipping him to probably push Nick Nat out of the top two.
2: No, I agree. Uh, I mean, look, you're two rucks. You're hoping are between these three players, go on, Nick Nat and Goldie, and if you've done that, you've done well because they're the only really relevant ones this year that have, that have dominated.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think if you have a combination of those three, you're doing really well. If you don't yep. have a combination of those three, you should be looking at contingency plans.
2: Well, some of us might be stuck with Stefan Martin and not have enough trades to rectify the situation. Yeah, that's,
0: that's exactly <laughs> right. You've just got to hope that he comes good. Pretty much. All right, we'll jump into the forward line. Who do you reckon is the top scoring forward so far this year?
2: Off the top of my head, without looking, is it, is it Zorko?
0: No, it's not. It's Josh Kennedy from West Coast Eagles.
2: That's that's very surprising. I mean, he hasn't missed a game. Zorko missed one, but I didn't expect uh, Josh Kennedy to be right first. Didn't expect him to be first.
0: Zorko is averaging significantly higher, but because he missed that game to start of the year, if you started with Josh Kennedy over Zorko, you actually have come out on top on that trade. Probably in the next couple of rounds, Zorko is going to overtake him, but to this point, that's... I would not I would not have tipped Josh Kennedy to be the highest scoring forward with the likes of Zorko, Dale House, Merritt, Dusty, Montagna, uh, Deledio, things like that, players like that. I'd, I wouldn't have tipped it.
2: No, that's great for those that did it. But big key forward topping the charts at this point in the season. That's that's great news. Who, who rounded up the top six?
0: So you do have Zorko nipping very, very close behind in second. Dale House, number three. Zach Merritt, number four. Dusty Martin, number five, after everyone was trading him out after round two. And number six, Jared Waite is still holding on to that, that top six spot, even though he's been basically a spud and has re- reversed all his profits that he, he made at the start of the year.
2: Yeah, he won't be on that list for much longer.
0: I, I still can't believe how many inboxes we got about, we need to get weight in, why aren't you talking about weight? You need to do a review on weight, why aren't you suggesting weight? This is why.
2: I guess they should have waited.
0: You're terrible. <laughs> I'm hanging up on you. No, um, so who do you see in the forward line as someone, say you've got a big selection of those, you're looking for one last upgrade in the forward line. Who's a, a sneaky one that you don't hear the name there that you think is uh, worth a punt?
2: Um, was Montaña on that list?
0: Monty's not on the list.
2: Maybe Gunston as well is not on the list, I think. Yeah. I can't remember the list. Is Buddy on the list?
0: Buddy's not there. Deledio's not there.
2: Yeah, so there's, there's definitely a couple of really solid options that could get it. Um, I think the the main one that's missing there is uh, Aaron Hall, who's going to come home when he comes back and average about 170.
0: Yeah, so Aaron Hall's not even top six anymore.
2: That is uh, very sad news.
0: Yeah, so I think there's a, a large number of teams with Aaron Hall just wishing he pops back up into that top six. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, yes, I, you could say that again.
0: Yeah, that, I still think that that Lockie Neal is probably the the most interesting one for me. For those that that have him, he is a great selection.
2: Yeah, and you've done well to get him.
0: Do you, do you do you think that people need to go out and get him at six hundred and twenty five thousand though?
2: Probably not. Um, but he is at the moment one of the top five super coach players in the game, and I don't actually expect him to drop. Out of that range So if you can get him And you have the cash to to splash Then I would certainly do so But he is a reach for most of us mere mortals
0: Yeah he's only in 4.4% of teams He's got a 3 round average of one thirty four, five round average of 130 He's averaging 117 for the year I always thought of him as a dream team Just mega handballer I, I really didn't see him popping up like this Obviously I think Fife and Mundy being out Has really helped him in the midfield and he's now the go-to guy. I I can't see that changing with for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, he's certainly gonna be a good pick for the rest. He's gonna probably steamroll home. So yeah, as I said, if you can afford him, do so. If you can't, and be really careful around the buyers because you don't wanna be left without being able to afford a full primo team. Um, there are some cheaper, probably more value options that will probably, they won't score as well, but they'll do their job.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we might get Houston back on the line. I'll keep, give him a quick call here, mate. Uh, oh, geez, that was quick. Houston, how are you going there, champion? Yeah, not bad. What's going on? You recovered after we brought up uh, Tom Lee?
3: No, Bruce, is fine, mate. He's back in the team this week, so um, yeah, no stress about that. He's yeah. uh, starting.
0: Is he back in your team? You're going to trade him back in?
3: Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> mentally, he never left. <laughs> He's always been there for me.
0: <laughs> Look, mate, it's nice to have you back on the pod. Um, I'm going to run through some community questions here with you as well. Awesome. Um, Sounds good. Jackson Jacoby, one of our good faithful podcast participants, he's written in twice. Jackson, that's a bit greedy.
3: That is greedy, but it, he deserves it. He says,
0: use two trades and go Smith and Brown to Collins and Prittis or just the one from
3: Brown to Collins in the back line? Smith to Brown and Collins to Pritis. Um, does he need to generate cash? Like, is that what he's asking?
0: I'm thinking that's what I think that's what he's asking. If he doesn't need to generate cash, I probably wouldn't be getting rid of Josh Smith just yet. Um, I think there's more, there's better options he can get rid of. Maybe he's just trying to to offload around 13 rookie.
3: Yeah, it's possible. I guess if you if you need to offload someone, you can always do so. But I don't think there's. Any real need to do that second trade? If you can do like the the just the one trade, you'd be happy with that.
0: Yeah. Do you think Pritis is the kind of person that you would be advertising getting getting in? He seems to be back on the upward trend. He hasn't really been shooting the lights out yet, though.
3: Yeah, I would. I would definitely get him back in. But it, would you, if you're positioned to take a bit of a risk, would you get Rockcliffe instead?
0: Well, look, Rockcliffe is like uh, at least another fifty, sixty thousand dollars cheaper than Pritis um is it worth taking that risk to finish off your midfield it probably is
3: yeah I'd say it would be if you like if you' I guess if you want to make up some rankings and you feel like there's um there's a big gap I got it could average 130 from here on out could be a good option
0: all right and his second pass of the question says how many trades would be a good amount to have left over once full premium is reached and what's a good average for d6 M8 and F8 love your work boys love you too jacko
3: um the i'd reckon like ideally i wouldn't i wouldn't i would not have anywhere near this thanks to bruce lee but ideally i'd reckon around six to eight trades would be fantastic to have on the run home
0: um yeah i reckon that that definitely helps out paul maltman uh Brand and Payne. Sounds like a shit pair of shoes. Do I hold the spuds or piss them off? <laughs> That's a good question, mate. <laughs> to uh, go for it. Brandon, and who? Uh, Payne. Jackson Payne from Brisbane, who got dropped this week.
3: You could sort of use him. If you've got enough cover, you could use him as a floating donut, I guess.
0: Do you really want to have two floating donuts coming up to the buyers, though?
3: Well, Payne's a forward, isn't he? Forward. Yes, he is. Yeah, if you, if you have... Like ideally, you wouldn't. But if you're going to waste two trades on getting those guys out when you can be going, uh, like a developed cash cow down and a primo in, I would def, definitely take the um, floating donut.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm still advocating what I always say, and that's build around your problems. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. All right. Uh, Leighton K. I have Sam Mitchell was going to go Smith the Rocky. Or Selwood or Bond and Pelly, but is it worth going Davis to Rocky uh, to cover for the Donut and play Smith this week? Make that extra cash. Well, yeah, I wouldn't so be. You... Get, I wouldn't be getting out Davis. The, the, he's on a tear, isn't he?
3: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be getting out Davis. He's still got a, a extremely low break even. I'm pretty sure it's close to negative. Um, his break even is negative ten. Negative ten. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely not get out Davis this week. What was the other trade option?
0: Uh, the other trade option was to go uh, Smith to Rocky.
3: I would do that. I would just yeah. go Smith to Rocky.
0: I would do that one. Um, looking, at Nathan Scott, looking to trade out Brown this week to avoid the price drop. Um, can I bring in a forward or defense? Oh, I can bring in a forward or defense rookie. Already have Collins looking at young Tom Lee. There you go, Houston. Uh, yeah. From the Saints. <laughs> With the recent injuries the Saints have sustained, are there any better options? Look, if you missed out on Darcy Tucker, I reckon Tom Lee's probably your next best option.
3: Yeah, in all um, seriousness, I agree.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're in his situation, would you get Tom Lee back in?
3: I would. I would. I think oh. he's going to be pretty decent. I think he'll be a ge- decent generator of cash if he keeps his role there. He's good for a 60 or 70. 70's kind of pushing it, I think. Come on. But don't get ahead of yourself. He's Bruce Lee. Like, I'm, I'm just limiting the 150 that I was going to spit out then. But yeah. yeah.
0: All right, mate. I've got a tricky one for you. Jake Robertson says, get rid of Hall or not.
3: All right. So, my view on this is if you've got the likes of Petrarca and Kerridge in your forward line and you've got Hall sitting on the bench, you could use him as a, um, a floating donut if you've got cover. So, you could just use him to be able to see whether you want to take the carriage or the Petrarchus score. And really, you've got the the, um, the buys. Which buy do they have? 13, 14, or 15?
0: Who's this for? For Hall, they have Gold first.
3: Coasters round 13. That's the first buy round. Okay. So you're missing him for one week anyway. So really, if you look at it this way, you've got him out for one week, then you've got the buys anyway. So you've already missed one week there. After that, if he comes back with a like a Barlow-esque attitude, you might be looking at hundred like a hundred or a couple of hundreds from here on out, and you're sort of you're not cutting a loss, and you just keep him on as a as a solid a solid F seven or something when you can upgrade that spot, or you can even swing him to the mids and keep him on the mid bench.
0: Yeah, uh, there's no reason he can't be good cover later in the year. Like even if he only averages 90 like that that's still great cover you there's no worse no nothing worse than going sideways
3: yeah exactly like you like you always say you've you've admitted you've lost it then like when you've traded that out you like you've lost that trade
0: yeah if you're going to get rid of him you're going to get rid of him a couple of weeks ago
3: yep that's right
0: Okay, Uh, Jack Byrne writes in The value of Rocky versus a consistent ultra premium like Hannah's If I can afford either I'd be going Hannah's every day Hannah's,
3: 110% If
0: you can afford either, Jack, you're going Hannah's, 110% Yet to go below 100 all year We're at round 11 or round 12 I can't even freaking remember which one it
3: is He hasn't gone below 100, get Hannah's He's played 11 games in a row of over 100 And one of them was only a three-quarter game where he got knocked out
0: Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah Jimmy says, will Nui play? I know he's named, but will he actually play?
3: Yes, I believe he will play. They've said all week that his Achilles was just a precautionary measure, and I listened to, I'm pretty sure it was Luke Shuey or Andrew Gaff, one of the two, they were mentioning that the Achilles, it was really, they take it extremely seriously at the club, and that's why they put him on um, on the crutches it was just a surface related issue from Eddie had like there's a fairly hard surface that Eddie had they mentioned and it was a previous injury they had so they just took every precaution I, I doubt that he would be a late out I'd, I'd say that Goldstein's more likely to be a late out than Nat Nui
0: yeah and the thing is that West Coast don't have a Ruckman named as an
3: emergency so that should also give you some confidence yeah it's um yeah I'm, I'm very confident he'll play
0: all right Patrick Foley, last question. Upgrade to Simpson, Boyd, or someone else. Already have Rance, Shaw, and Doherty.
3: So, ooh, so he's, got, no, he's got Rance, Shaw, and he's Doherty. Got, he's got Rance, Shaw, and Doherty.
0: He wants to know if he, should, if he should upgrade to Simpson or Boyd or someone else, maybe
3: like a Laird. Ooh, Simpson and Boyd are really, really high, high prices to pay at the moment. I think that... If you're looking for value, I would definitely take a Laird over the two of those because Laird's someone that's – he's under 500K now, I believe, and he could average 100 from here on out. But I think the highest scoring potential out of the three of them has to be Boyd. He shows what he can do. On the weekend, he showed what he can do, almost 130, I believe.
0: Yeah, so you've got Boyd, 128 on the weekend. He's uh, 5 550K. Um, What about a McVeigh at 440 or a Laird at 470? Maybe even a Suckling?
3: Yeah, I actually like um, Suckling. I looked at his scores this year and they've actually been really... Sorry, Uh, he's,
0: he's, he's he's under 400k.
3: Yeah, I would take him as probably a D6... Like I, I like that as a D six and there's, um, but like if you, I don't really want to muck around with it. If I'm going for a solid defender and I can get anyone in, I would probably go as a as a value pick. I'd go Laird, but as a like a solid option, I would always
2: take Boyd.
0: Thanks for Wait. for jumping on there, Houston Pete. You've been uh, pretty quiet there. You've just been taking in Houston's wisdom, mate.
2: Oh, just basking in his glory. It, it it's just
0: <laughs> it, it's lovely having the bloke back, isn't it?
2: It's always good to hear familiar faces, or see familiar faces, <laughs> which doesn't quite work on a podcast. Hear familiar yeah. voices.
0: Yeah, and like uh, I understand, Houston, you were a little bit, a um, little bit hurt last week, knowing that we we had upgraded to a, an Uber Premium in the back line in, in Pistol. Yeah,
3: no, I, look, I understand as a um, a valuable cash cow. I did my job, and that's when I step out, <laughs> and I gotta gotta earn the cash elsewhere.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Um, I'm pretty much wrapped up for this this podcast, guys. I think it's been absolutely brilliant. I think next week we're going to jump into a new segment for uh, for Pete. Uh, we're going to do Pete's Pistol or uh, yeah, Pete's, uh, Pete's uh, firing squad or something like that. What do you reckon, <laughs> Pistol? He loves it. He's totally gobsmacked in silence. <laughs> he's,
3: yeah, he's like, oh, my God, internally <laughs> freaking out.
0: I hope I haven't, haven't it,
3: like given him a stroke. Or something. <laughs> he's no, actually, it, he's turned off his computer. He's just going to consider his actions in this
2: room. <laughs> I, I dropped out of the conversation. Sorry about that. Yeah, No, no,
0: we know. we're just, just commenting on it there, champion.
2: Oh, no, I'm, I'm afraid for what I've missed.
0: Yeah, no, I was just asking, uh, are you keen for Pete's firing squad next week or Pistol's firing squad?
2: Am I excited for it?
0: Yeah.
2: I'm always excited.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That was the best answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all right, guys, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for jumping on, Houston. Really good to hear from you. And thanks for jumping on Pistol as well. It's been uh, great to hear from you as well.
2: (laughs) No problem. Sorry for dropping out right at the end.
0: No, that's all right, guys. Um, check out our uh, Cancer Council Victoria uh, page and we're going to go watch the footy show. Later, <laughs> Catch you guys. Catch us.
1: We held him on the bench And so then we lost ranks Straight in and then we captained It was rock lift, yeah Lift, yeah Right, lift, yeah was all the talk and so it must be Zork but it wasn't Zork it was Rock Lift Need Beamer. Beamer takes a screamer, Beamer. he touched it the most, Beamer. still won't get three votes.